Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. everybody this week's episode of the fade route with dnz i am z and we got a great show for you live from casa squirrel in beautiful Osning, new york we are going to be talking the brooklyn nets where they went wrong and where they go from here the carolina panthers pulling the trigger on a qb and the britney griner saga and where diplomacy goes from here but we'll begin with the week that was, since this is a holiday week. And for all you Americans out there that celebrated, Monday was the 4th of July. And what a week it was. It was a little bit of uh, a little bit of the Griswolds for Z, for me. We, uh, we took the, uh, the fam, my girl and her boys. We went down from uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We had a little stay over in uh, Richmond, Virginia as well. We got to see the Tri-City Chili Peppers play, uh, the pride of the Colonial Plains League. Got a little uh, got a little fireworks show after the game, so awesome. Like, If you are in the Colonial Heights, Virginia area, definitely check out the Chili Peppers. And while you're there, go to Thacker Ace Hardware as well, and they're big sponsors down there and friends of the show. So if you're ever in the area, go for it. And once we stayed the night over in Myrtle Beach, we headed down to the Dunedin, Florida area and saw the Dunedin Blue Jays play. They played the Clearwater Threshers. And, you know, it was a good time. You know, how, how, how is it uh, any more appropriate than watching a baseball game live on the 4th of July? The only thing that I might have done different was have a nice hot dog while in the stands and speaking of hot dogs joey chestnut 63 hot dogs shy of his record but tell me if he set the record while simultaneously choking somebody out on stage he did not i'm gonna tell you that right now joey chestnut did not do that and that's the highlight the low light for me the new york yankees it's the fourth of july baseball the New York Yankees are synonymous with your game. Why? Why oh why are you not scheduled? I don't understand that. It's one of those days of your calendar that every team needs to be playing. I don't want to hear travel. I don't want to hear like schedule. I don't want to hear it. Opening day, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. These are all landmarks, right? These are all significant dates in your schedule. And you need to have your teams, especially the teams that are cornerstones of your league, playing on that day. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? How was your 4th of July? Uh, Explosive. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, it was good times. The family got to watch the fireworks in the Bronx over the Long 
Long Island Sound and in neighbor in, in neighboring neighborhoods. Uh, but yes, I too was very surprised the Yankees were playing were not playing. I don't know how that happens, but that's our fearless commissioner at work. Uh, you know, you're you're right. You know, there's certain teams and certain days where baseball needs to be played. I don't, you know, could have given them a day off somewhere else. Could have given them an early game. Didn't have to be a night game, but the Yankees should be playing baseball on Independence Day. 100%. And it's another failure of Rob Manfred to read the room and understand what his league is all about. And it's just, it's one of the many black eyes that we have been discussing in our very short time on our, in our 99 episodes. That's correct. 99 episodes. Program note, next week, it will be the 100th episode of this here program, ladies and gentlemen. And if you have been a loyal listener, if you've been a loyal member of the In Route, we thank you so much for that. But one organization that is not saying thank you right now is the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant, easy money sniper himself, wants out of Brooklyn. Shortly after Kyrie Irving opted in, Durant asked for a trade. He asked the Nets to find a trade partner for him. And the idea of Kyrie, Harden, and Durant bringing multiple titles to Brooklyn came to an end at that moment. Not even when Harden left because they recouped Ben Simmons, right? Reports indicate that Simmons is not likely to be moved, but the other guys are more likely. Among the trade partners KD approves of are, of course, the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. Well, who wouldn't want to go there? Where did this this go wrong, D? I mean, I think it started with getting Kyrie Irving. I mean, he seems to be like a cancer wherever this guy goes. Then I'd go on to firing Kenny Atkinson, who seems to be a decent coach. And then acquiring James Harden. I mean, the Nets might have been able to salvage the team without Kyrie Irving, who seems he like he's just a cancer wherever he goes. This team also had Blake Griffin, Marcus Aldridge. At one time, they had DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. I mean, they had a team. The team had they had good players. They had a nucleus of stars. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, Kyrie's really out there. James Harden's selfish. Kevin Durant is just chasing experiences and not chasing championships. I mean, none of them get none of the. I don't think any of them get another ring. But you know what? They're likely all to be voted to to the Hall of Fame. That just tells you what what basketball is all about. This was. I mean. This was an absolute shit show from the onset. And I'm with you. The moment they decided that they wanted to go star chasing is the moment that was the beginning of the end. If you look at that team and, I'm, you know, they were building something. They had a nice core. You mentioned Dinwiddie, Lavert, Jared Allen, Rody Kurutz. You had multiple players. They brought in... Uh, other role players to kind of fill in along the way but they were building something and they threw it all away to go chase star players and not just star players right because 
the Boston Celtics were building something, and then they went and got Pierce, they went and got Garnett, they went and got Ray Allen, right? They they were able to do this, but it's the type of player that you decided to go get, right? You have like you mentioned, Kyrie Irving is if you look up Mercurial in the dictionary, you're going to find a picture of Kyrie Irving next to the word Mercurial. Like that's just that is who he is. It's just a big smiling face of Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew is going to be right there. And then KD, you know, we understand what KD is the moment that he decided to go to the Golden State Warriors instead of trying to build his own thing. Instead, or staying with the Thunder and building with the team he already had. Can you imagine if he didn't go to Golden State and if he actually stayed with Harden and stayed with Westbrook and continued to grow and develop? We could be talking about something completely different. We may not be talking about the Golden State Warriors. We might be talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, I, know, I understand that that's not, that's not likely in that market. I completely agree with that, but it's within the realm of possibility based on the talent that was accumulated. Now, you add on the fact that you fire Kenny Atkinson, which was a fait accompli. It was bound to happen considering the fact that he's, he's a teacher. He's not a veteran ego stroker, right? He's not, and that's not his forte. And you bring in Steve Nash. Steve Nash, whom we, we ridiculed and criticized from jump because of his lack of experience. I mean, Stephen A. Smith, if we recall back to when we first were discussing this, was saying it was outright racism because of the privilege, the white privilege of never being able to, never coaching a game before, and all of a sudden you're the head coach steering the ship of this franchise. But, like, that was another move. That was was another move that made no sense. If you bring in guys, and this is where Miami gets it right, right? You brought in a guy like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is known to rub play, rub his teammates the wrong way. But Riley tells him where to go, and Spo tells him where to go. At the end of the day, Jimmy Butler falls in line because it comes from the top down. And this from the, from Joe Sy down. This was a failure of ownership. This was a failure of leadership. And like it is definitely the beginning of the end. It started before the ink was even dry on the contracts. Yeah, I think they just, you know, I give the Nets credit in the sense that they were going for it. You know, they went and got Durant. They're like, okay, yeah, we're going to build something. And he's like, he's talking to Kyrie. And they're like, ah, yeah, I guess we can do that. I don't see the harm in it. And then it's like, you know, you got these two guys. And then there's an opportunity to get James Harden. You're like... Yeah, I mean, you guys, if you're all gonna, you're gonna stay here, right? You're staying? Okay, yeah, okay, cool. And Kyrie, you're, you're all, I mean, we gave you all the money we could give you. You're, you're, you're in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden, Blake Griffin comes, Lamarcus Aldridge comes. It's like, yeah, all right, let's, let's do this. And then, and then it all kind of just started falling apart with COVID. It's like Kyrie's not playing, he's not getting a shot. Then Durant's hurt. Everything's on Harden. Harden's like, "Fuck this, man! I'm not doing. I just left this. I'm not. I didn't come here for this. You know, get me out of here. Send me, send me out of here. I don't want to play with these guys." He goes to, he goes to the 76ers, and it's like, you know, Kyrie's off doing his thing. Kevin Durant's hurt. They come back. It's like, okay, we're gonna play now. We feel like playing. 
And it's just like, you know, you get to, I believe they got to the, the conference finals and they lose to Giannis after, you know, a jump shot. You know, his foot was on the line. I think Kyrie was hurt. It's just, I mean, it's just like, it, it all just kept falling apart from there. So, I, you know, as, uh, the only thing is, I don't know if the, if the Nets can rebound from this. Seems like the market is soft for KD. The other part is, is like, how are you going to come out after everything everyone's saying about you? You're going to come out and say, well, yeah, if I had a choice, I'd like really to go to Phoenix or go to Miami. It's like, dude, what are you on? They like, thought you were soft already. Like, dude, you, you're, you're, we all know who you are. You're Kevin Durant, right? Like, why, why are those the two places that you want to go? I mean, why not, why not just go back to Golden State for that matter? What is it? Like, you've got a chance. You've got a chance to rebound your image, rebound your career. But I don't think he cares about that. Like, like I said, I said a couple of days, weeks ago on the show, you know, he's chasing experiences. He ain't chasing championships. He's got two rings. He thinks that that's solid because he got them with a team that clearly didn't need him. Um, and, you know, why why are you looking to leave? That's what I don't – it's because Kyrie didn't get a long-term deal. Like, what do you give a shit what the Nets do with Kyrie Irving doesn't want to play basketball? Like, he's like, Kevin, do you want to play basketball? You got 35 Ventures, your other business outlet. You're in Brooklyn. You say you love Brooklyn. You're, you're head and shoulders above everybody else in this team. Like, why would you want to go team with Jimmy Butler or take Jimmy Butler's spot? Why would you want to go down to Phoenix and play with Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker? Like, why? Why is that the first place to come to mind? Why not go back to Oklahoma City where they just got a young group of guys or why not go to Charlotte, where they got a lot of young talent, or or Dallas? Like, why is it that you want to go and just jump on another bandwagon? It's just it's just odd to me. And then Jay, and then and then Draymond Draymond Green comes out and defends him, and says, "Well, you know, you got to understand that all all players now are businessmen." It's like Draymond, I I get that, but dude, like this guy's got to be trying to win a championship. I mean, if not, then what is he doing in the league? Well, wise man once said, and that wise man was former WWE superstar Enzo Amore. There's one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. Soft. And excuse yeah. me, big cats, not Enzo Amore. Either way, soft. <laughs> it's a soft mentality. Like, I can't, that shows me he's not confident enough in his own ability that he can go on his own. Dude, go to Chicago. Chicago's building something good. Go to Cleveland. Cleveland's building something good. Go to you're from DC, bro. Go to DC. DC, you will never have to eat. You'll you'll never have to pay he's not, for a meal he's, again. He's not gonna live this down. The story's out on him. Everybody knows what he is. His legacy is gonna be in in, in the situation he's in. I mean, even if he went to Phoenix or Miami and won a championship, it, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, but, but I should, But we went over the some of the trade machine things, right? Even if you work in trade exceptions and stuff like that and work on pits, you're gutting the Suns. Like you're going to have Booker, you'll have Chris Paul, you'll have Kevin Durant, and then you'll have, you know, 12 other, you know, like that's a what bunch he of wants. guys. A bunch of guys. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's what he's into. He's... Those other guys don't mean anything. I mean, look but, at what they did to Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. Those guys were good players. But those other guys win championships. That's well, the thing.
We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they promote teamwork, sportsmanship, friendship, and fair play. One of the Fade Route's favorite youth sport partners is Asning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. If you have a child between ages 4 and 18, registration for fall 2022, spring 2023 season is open. To sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to AYSO201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the AYSO soccer experience. Go to AYSO201.org today for more information or to sign up. AYSO201.org. More soccer for more kids. While the Nets are looking for a trade partner, maybe they should call the Utah Jazz. The Jazz sent Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves, pretty much signaling they are in full rebuild mode, especially with head coach Snyder gone. The Wolves now have a starting lineup that features Russell Gobert, Towns, Edwards, and McDaniels. Are the Wolves the new contenders in the West? Uh, it's very novel to build around two bigs. Especially one that is as defensively gifted as Rudy Gobert. I love the Instagram post we had up a couple of, was it yesterday or today? Mm-hmm. When the, the Nets call it the, the Timberwolves. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> give me give me Cat. Give me Carl Anthony Towns. Give me three number one picks and you can have KD. Like, no, I'll politely decline. Are you like, high? Like, why are you laughing? Like, Sean Marks is on the phone saying, why are you laughing? Like, why are you laughing, bro? This is a great deal. Like, what are you talking about? Who is this? Who is this? But, you know, that was surprising that Rudy Gobert went there because he was earmarked for the Chicago Bulls. Like, he seemed to be the guy that was going to get moved and going to get moved to the Bulls. But... It's very interesting. I want to see how this is going to work. I really want to see how this is going to work with two bigs. It's novel, but it's in this NBA. It's it's rare. It's rare to say the least, but it opens up Carl uh, Anthony Towns to kind of move away from the basket. So we can kind of see uh, him blossom a little bit more. And the fine contender in the West, we're talking about six seed. Sure. Like, he can definitely move up to the city. <laughs> In the NBA? Yeah. Why sure, not? they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs uh, unless they totally bottom out and they trade D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, like if, of all those guys, D'Angelo Russell is probably going to be the one that's most expendable. But, um, you know, they're a middle-of-the-pack team. They probably can't run with the they can't run with the Warriors yet. They can't run with the Suns as presently constituted. They're, you know, the the Clippers got better. If John Wall is able to, if John Wall is able to play, I think they're going to do fine. You know, like that's they're a middle of the pack team. I'm concerned more with the Jazz. A few years ago, the Jazz were the it team. It was the Jazz and the the Jazz and the Nuggets. The Nuggets went to complete free fall once Jamal Murray got hurt, and now like Quinn Snyder's gone, Rudy Gobert's gone. You want to get rid of Mike Conley. You want to get from Alpha under that contract. Donovan Mitchell wants to get paid or he wants to go. You know, Donovan Mitchell is routinely tied to the Knicks. So I don't know what you make of that. He's he's owed $28 million this year. <laughs> so, a million bajillion dollars. 
you know, I, I, you can probably, I mean, it would be, if you take back Conley and Mitchell, you probably will get Kevin Durant, but you're going to a team that has nothing. So, you know, and what we're going to order up potential locations later, but the Wolves are good enough to contend. You know, they'll be middle of the pack, probably a second round playoff team. You know, that's not exactly sexy, but it, it's a trending in the right direction because they were trending in the right direction already. Well, I mean, they should out-rebound everybody, right? I mean, You hope so. Nobody's, nobody, they better out-rebound people, okay? And let's be real. Rudy Gobert is a defensive guy. I mean, that's yes. he's, he's coming in to play defense. Okay? Stifle yeah, power. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be able to, you know, step out and take his jump shots. But this is all – this all works if Anthony Edwards becomes – an MVP type player, right? And I think that's what the uh, that's what the Timberwolves are banking on. They're like, we've got it. We've got a stud. He's he's an MV. He's got MVP talent. Where we we need a backup point guard, but we've got two bigs to get us rebounds and play defense. And he's gonna be our scorer. He's gonna average between. He's gonna average twenty seven points a game, and that's that's what they're banking on. So if that happens. Then yeah, I think they're I think they are contenders. They could be teams. The Warriors can be beaten. You know, it's just that, you know, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to score inside on the Timberwolves, and you got to be able to shoot. So if the if the Golden State Warriors are coming in shooting lights out, they're beating everybody anyway. But if you are having off nights and you really just have to have what four, really just have to have two off nights. On the on uh, at home, you you're gonna get beat. So yeah, I, I like what they did. They're going for it. You know, they're pretty much mortgaging the future because I think they gave up what four first round picks or five first round picks. Mm-hmm. So it's like we got five years. This is our five year window. We ain't, we don't got a first round pick for the next five years. So in the next five years, we've got to make it to the we've got to make it to the playoffs every year. We've got to get to the conference finals at least twice, and we got to win at least once. That's their plan. So if you know, hopefully it works out for them. I'm excited that they're trying. In a short series, they definitely have the rebounding edge over the Golden State Warriors. That is for sure. Now, do they have the perimeter defense to kind of stifle Steph and Clay? Well, nobody has the nobody perimeter defense. Right? De- yeah. Nobody does. Nobody, nobody does. So, so I mean. It's a moot point, but right. if they can out-rebound, if Stephen, like to your point, if Stephen Clay have an off night, you need to be able to get under and you need to be, be able to out-rebound. And if you look at that, if you look at Rudy Gobert versus Wiseman, you look at Rudy Gobert versus Draymond Green, you look at Rudy Gobert versus any other Golden State big, advantage Rudy Gobert. And you would think. You would yeah. think. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know... It's a very, it was a very interesting trade. I'm definitely intrigued by this. But as as far as the full rebuild goes, do, are the Jazz in full rebuild mode? Because they hired a 35 year old to replace Quinn Snyder, who is one of the more respected coaches in the league. And but they have Conley, they have Mitchell, they have got, they have salary on that roster. Should they, should the Jazz just tear it down at this point? Yeah, tear it down because you're not you weren't winning with those guys. It's over, you know, and I think that's why the Snyder walked because he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Like they didn't win. You didn't win, you're not gonna win. So, you know, maybe they get into the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. I don't know, but 
they're they're definitely got to start over. You know, they're not they're not they're not a contender as as they should have been the last three and four, three or four years. While some teams are tearing it down, other teams are investing in the players they have. Zion Williamson and Darius Garland, for one, both signing extensions to stay in New Orleans and Cleveland, respectively. Which team made the better deal here? I mean, for me, Cleveland signing Darius Garland to a five-year, $193 million extension is the better deal, especially how he stepped up last year with Colin Sexton out. The dude's coming off his best year as a pro. I mean, we saw improvements in points, field goal percentage, assists, and steals. Now you look on the other side, it's like, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the Pelicans are thinking. Um, you know, Zion, Zion's clowning this team since they drafted him. I mean, he's clowning them. He signed the same deal Darius did, but he missed all of last year with a foot injury. And he missed 20 games the year before that. Now, granted, his his points per game is much higher than Darius Garland, but he's an inside player. Um, like, I... I I just I don't I don't know what Zion is, and I can't believe the Pelicans think they know what he is. What's his ceiling? Is he Sean Kemp? Is he Charles Barkley? I think Cleveland knows what they have. They know what Darius Garland is, and they know his value, right? But the Pelicans can't possibly know what Zion is, and especially when you look at the situations, like man, a team like the Knicks would have thrown you everything that. The Timberwolves drew to Gobert to get Zion on the Knicks. Like, why did why did you feel compelled to sign him to this extension without seeing like results? I don't get it. Career twenty five point seven points, seven rebounds, three point two assists in eighty five career games. That is what New Orleans just re-upped. And to your point, six six two eighty four. At this point, he might be Sean Kemp. From the simple fact that Sean Kemp ate himself out of the league. Like that is that might be yeah. what he and, is. and granted, and listen, Sean Sean Kemp was a good player for what five or six years, but he's not Definitely. a guy. He's not a guy we're going to give two hundred million dollars to. He's not the face of our franchise. He's, you know, he's good. You know, and and Sean Kemp played on some good teams, but still, he he's a dunker. He's a dunker. He's not a shooter. Even I think, I think Zion's three point numbers have gone down tremendously since he came into the league. Um, so, I think I have it right here. What do we got? He was shooting, yeah, he was shooting almost 40% from the line, and then the last last year, he was shooting 30% from the, from the three-point line. Jeebus. Yeah. Like you you got to be able to shoot in this league. He can't shoot. Uh, what is your greatest ability as a professional athlete? Availability, baby. Availability, baby. That's exactly right. Now, Darius Garland has played 68 games in one year, right? Zion Williams has played 85 going into his fourth. That's right. all you need to know. But this is also... a terrible deal. It's a terrible deal for the Pelicans. The only thing that makes sense is if they flip him to the Nets for Kevin Durant. I think that would be a terrible deal. That'd be a terrible <laughs> deal. That'd be a terrible deal for Brooklyn. Who would want to trade for this guy? Like he's so one-dimensional. Like I've not seen anything in his game to warrant me saying, "Man, I could build my team around him." Like that's like 
okay, we're going to find out a lot about this this year, right? Because the Pelicans actually did well last year. They made a playoff push, right? Mm-hmm. So is he going to come in and help them? Or is he going to come in and they're just going to, you know, do the same thing? I mean, Ingram's their best player, in my opinion. I mean, um, I would argue CJ McCollum, but Brandon Ingram's second. up there yet. Yeah, Brandon Ingram's their best player. CJ McCollum's probably their second best player, I guess. Zion's their third best option, right? Yeah. You're not coming down court calling plays for Zion, are you? No. I mean, his ceiling right now, if he becomes Larry Johnson, that's great. That's more than you could have asked for, in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. We would have seen it by now. All I've seen is a guy that gets hurt and goes on Instagram a lot. That's what I see. Yeah, that's all eyewash. You know how we feel about that. (laughs) Those dunks are just complete eyewash. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Well, whether the well whether the Pelicans tried to seek out a trade or not, they're sticking with their guy. But one team that's not sticking with their guy is the Cleveland Browns. The Panthers finally pulled the trigger and traded for Baker Mayfield. After everything, the former number one overall pick from the 2018 draft was worth a conditional fifth round pick. Who will have the last laugh? The Panthers or the Browns in this storied history that we're about to start? The last laugh. That's very interesting that you put that because this is very much a make good for Baker Mayfield. It's a a last laugh, right? Because this whole situation is hilarious. It is hilarious. It's insane to think (laughs) where, where this is all gone from. They were beating the Chiefs. All right, I, I want to remind you of this, folks. The Cleveland Browns were ahead of the Chiefs in the AFC title game. I don't, I can't stress that enough. This is Jacksonvillian in terms of the decline, in terms of the fall. Only one team has done it as catastrophically as Cleveland, and it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they did it against Brady, though, right? Brady beat them, right? Uh, I think the Steelers beat them. Uh, Brady beat them. You were right. Brady you were beat right. them. Brady beat them. So it's all but, right. You know, you Ma- got beat by the GOAT. So it makes right. sense. But Mahomes and then the corpse of Chad Henney beat them. So, you know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, the, the added intrigue to this is that if Baker beats out Sam Darnold as the number one starter, guess who the Panthers play week one? Yeah. Cleveland the, in, in Le- Carolina. Let Cleveland Brown. So, yeah. <laughs> so short term, I can see this being a very good deal for the Panthers and the Browns because I can see Baker Mayfield upping his game based on spite. Yeah. So that is very good. And we really don't know. And we're going to get to the Deshaun Watson potential suspension in terms of what that could mean. Your quarterback room right now, since you traded Stunned. Baker Mayfield, Stunned. right? You now have Baker, Sam Darnold, and P.J. Walker. In Cleveland, you have Deshaun Watson, if he doesn't get suspended. 
Jacoby Brissett, solid. Nothing to write home about. And Joshua Dobbs is your third string. My man. So, you know, Tennessee's own Joshua Dobbs. So this could be potentially disastrous for both teams. It could be good for both teams. Last laugh. Last laugh is probably, you know, Baker Mayfield probably gets the last laugh of everybody because I don't see him re-signing with Carolina. He'll probably get paid elsewhere. So in terms of the last laugh, Baker Mayfield individually is going to benefit because Cleveland's going to get stuck, Carolina's going to get stuck, and then Mayfield's going to get another contract. Yeah, I mean, they play week one. Which is the game everybody's going to be watching, right? Put that on um, Sunday Night Football right now. Put that shit on Sunday Night Football. I want to see it. <laughs> put, put that, put it put right that shit on. Right now. Uh, Baker, I mean, Baker has a 50-50 chance at starting, right? I'm not going to just hand him the job. He shouldn't be handed the job. I think no. a lot of the players on Carolina actually like uh, Sam Darnold. I know Robbie Anderson does. Robbie Anderson's coming off of a bad year. He's definitely got to pick his shit up this year. Um, I mean, as far as the Browns are concerned, what Watson has probably a less than 25% chance of starting in this game, starting opening day, starting this season, you think? I mean, Baker's a, the good thing about Baker is Baker's a dog, right? I think he will use this to fuel him and for the upcoming season. And I think, I think in the short term, the Panthers are going to have the last laugh because I think they're going to beat them in this game. But, you know, um, I was I was reading, what was I reading over here? Uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, they've ranked the, the rosters for all 32 teams. And they have the Carolina Panthers ranked at 27th. Uh-huh. And then they have the Cleveland Browns ranked at 6th. Whoa. Right. That's a talent so, discrepancy. So they're... They're pretty much saying that, yeah, the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson and, you know, um, Chubb and and uh, Hunt and all these guys, and they have, like, one of the best offensive lines in football. They average 4.8 yards a rush. Like, they got talent. Not so much talented on the defensive side of the ball, but they do have good ta- – they could have ends and Clowney and Garrett – Linebackers need some work, but their corners are good. So they've got a better team. So in the long term, this was probably the best thing for them to do. But in the short term, I mean, they really should lose this because they really should lose opening day. If they don't lose opening day and Baker has a bad day, yikes. So the one thing about that is that we need to, as, you know, as fans, as media, as football teams, we need to know what the Deshaun Watson situation is, right? That really changes the complexions of things. Because if Deshaun Watson is under center, then I don't know. I can't gear up for the run. Because, oh shit, Deshaun Watson's under center. But, but, yo, but are you really scared? Of, but are, are you really scared of him, though? Like, he hasn't played in a year. You think he's just going to come in day one and light it up? You believe that much in Stefanski? You believe that much in his prep? That he's just going to not skip a beat? He's Aaron Rodgers? I I believe in talent. I believe in talent. And let's look at it as a math formula, right? As an inequality. Deshaun Watson is greater than Jacoby Brissett. Deshaun Watson is greater than Joshua Dobbs. 
just from an arm talent. Now, as a human being, this guy is a, he's a scumbag. But but as as pure talent, if we remove the humanity from it and just focus on the talent, Deshaun Watson's better than those guys combined. So if he's there, I'm worried just because I have to game plan for him. And if it's Brissett, if it's Dobbs, I can pin my ears back and just stuff the run all day because I know those two guys can't beat me. I think that's the mentality of some teams. I don't think all teams can come out and do that. I don't think the Panthers can come out and do that. I think you got to play balanced football. I think you got to be able to stop both the run and the pass. I don't think you can stuff. I don't think you can just you know go bulk up. Jacoby Brissett is still a professional quarterback. He's won games for the Patriots. He's won games for the Colts. Like he can throw the he can throw the rock around the yard. Yeah, um, but you really don't have a deep threat either. You have Donovan Peoples Jones and you have Amari Cooper. See, I think I think Donovan Peoples Jones is gonna actually have a breakout year. I mean, for everybody listening, if you're playing fantasy football this year, make sure you draft him but in the round the sixth and the seventh round. Because I think Amari Cooper is gonna open up things for Peoples Jones. He's ready. He's ready to show you who he is. I think he was averaging like nineteen yards a catch last year. That's 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 really impressive for a guy who's been in the league less than five years. Um, but, you know, what, just what a mess. I mean, if you're Baker Mayfield, do you, they literally gave Deshaun Watson a $250 million deal rather than re-sign you. Mm-hmm. They took a guy with all these allegations who hasn't played in a year over you. Yes. They then traded you and they're paying some of your salary for you to play against them. That's what the Carolina, that's what the Cleveland Browns think of you, Mr. Mayfield, and all your progressive commercials. How awful of a situation is that, too? He was in all those progressive commercials. That's never going to live it down. I always think back to how Mark Sanchez was always in those Toyota commercials with Eli Manning. And, uh-huh. then, and then it was just Eli Manning Toyota commercials. Like, what happened to Mark Sanchez? How come we don't see him anymore? Well, um, maybe, maybe Baker can get on with a moving company. Yeah. I, it's... I mean, I wish him luck, and and this is a this is a prove me year, right? Because mm-hmm. he is the opportunity to what get a new contract with the Panthers. He's got an opportunity to get a deal with the Saints. He's got an opportunity to get a deal with the Bucks. He's got an opportunity to get a deal with the Falcons. Like this is the perfect division for him to play in because all those teams don't have a really a quarterback for the future. They got a quarterback for right now, but not the future. If you believe the reports, there was also a deal on the table from the Seahawks as well, but they, the Browns opted to go with the Carolina Panthers deal. I'm guessing from the simple fact that the fifth round can become a fourth round based on playing time. So and what, and what, is, what happens to Jimmy G and all this? And Jimmy G sitting in San Francisco going, man, I can't get a job anywhere right now. I'm going to get cut. I'm gonna wind up. I'm gonna wind up holding a clipboard somewhere. It's hard to believe that this guy. I know he's coming back from shoulder surgery, but man, Jimmy G can't get a job anywhere. Carolina didn't call San Francisco. That's just. I don't know, man. Uh, uh, it remains to be seen what's going on there. I mean, there's plenty of places for Jimmy G to go, and uh, uh, his his story is yet to be told. But another person we already mentioned him. His story is still incomplete. Is Deshaun Watson. The investigation of his multiple sexual assault allegations is coming to an end, and we're waiting for the mediator to make a judgment and the NFL's ruling on suspension. What do you think would be a justified ruling, and what do you think it'll actually be? 
What do you think it'll be? What do you hope it'll be? And what do you think it'll actually be? You know, you and I were talking about this a lot the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know you're going to share what your thoughts are, which are very strong. And in the beginning, I was saying to myself, you know, a year suspension seems about right. And, you know, some money here, draft picks here, whatever. But, you know, the more I thought about it in the last coming days, I would like to see the league take a stand and and suspend him indefinitely mm, give okay. him an, give him an indefinite suspension next year we'll reevaluate this next summer we'll reevaluate the situation we'll see how you've been doing this past we're gonna you know look into you keep our tabs on you and then you have to apply for reinstatement and we'll look at your reinstatement and then we'll see where it goes from there that's really what i'd like to see um, and if he's clear for a year, you come back and you're a better person. You escape, you escape everything by that. We're not getting clubbed by the media. We're not getting clubbed by anybody. We, we suspended you indefinitely. We didn't say a year. We said indefinitely. And then we reevaluate based on everything that happened. Now, what I think the league's going to do, I was under the impression they were going to suspend him for a year. But the longer this thing goes, the more thinks I'm. The more of me thinks it's going to be shorter. So I think they're going to suspend him for eight games, which, when with an appeal, is going to get knocked down to six. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the st- testimony and the stories are compelling. They really want a year suspension. I mean, you reached out to 66 women in a 17-month period, dude. You got a problem, man. And if you don't, and and then you settle, you you settle with 20 of them. You settled with 20 of them. Four of them are holding out. And then you, you got NDAs from the security at the Texans. And you had these girls sign NDAs. So you knew you knew what you were doing was wrong. You're making someone sign an NDA. You know what you did was wrong. You don't want to get out. So you're admitting guilt there. You're admitting you have a problem. So we already have passed that. And then you're going to come out and say you did nothing wrong. That's the bottom. That's the part that. That's the part that I think gets him into trouble. You had these women sign NDAs. You're settling with them, but you did nothing wrong. Get the fuck out of here, man. Well, the Cleveland Browns should not be penalized for this because they're going to be without their starting quarterback. They're going to be penalized enough. Because they. See, this I, is see I disagree with you. I disagree with you because. You, because the, the Cleveland Browns came out and said, we did our due diligence, we did our research, we had our own investigation, and this is the way we decided to go. To make him the second highest paid quarterback in the league. Brown's going to Brown. <laughs> Brown's going <laughs> to well, what do you want me to say at that point? It's like, it's the Cleveland Browns. You know, I expect less of them and the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars and now the Houston Texans. The Houston, the Cleveland Browns, they should have known better from the standpoint of they enable Johnny Manziel. But at the same time, this was still kind of, I can understand why they, I can understand why they would at least kick the tires on it from the standpoint of this was, in this was being investigated by the league, it was being investigated independently, and they were going to see what was going to come of it. There were going, they were going down the route of potential exoneration. Now that is completely off the table. Now, now it's a financial hit. Now they've been hit in the purse strings, and they've been hit on the field. The Houston Texans, however, are culpable in this because they not only were culpable in the cover-up 
they were culpable in the crime and enabling Deshaun Watson because they started, they were telling him, they were advising him to start giving out these NDAs. So they knew something was up too, and they could not get him out of out of Dodge fast enough. So for me, you come down on Watson personally. You come down on the Texans as an organization. The Houston Texans paid Deshaun Watson last year. He he got paid. He did not start. He was deactivated for games. But he was in he was in practice. He was an employee. So he while he did not play, he was not suspended a year. You recoup that money back. Okay? So you fine him for last year. Last year's salary. That's what I want. I want a suspension without pay for one year. I want the sum of those two salaries to be donated and spread among women's charities. So victims of sexual assault. And then what do you do with the actual tech, the Texans, right? Three first round picks. I would say recoup that trade. Give me those draft picks. That's what I want. That would be my pound of flesh. What I think will happen is, I mean, Tom Brady got six games for deflating footballs. Allegedly. 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 He didn't even do it. They're saying that he asked somebody to do it. Right. But that was on field, right? And that was a hell of a lot. (laughs) It was a hell of a lot less than attempted a sexual assault or the attempted cover-up of of sexual assault. Yeah, that's a good benchmark, actually, yeah. Yeah, so it'll probably get negotiated down, but I would would say he's going to get 10 games. I probably negotiated down to six. But if I'm... If I'm the league, like, this does not look good. Like, uh, this is not where I want to be. And frankly, I put myself there. So shame on the NFL for letting this drag out and not dropping the hammer on him. You should have dropped the hammer on him from the get-go. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for 7 to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The techs at Marquez Studio have over 30 years of hair cutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646-221-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. So Watson is 
we're still waiting what's going to happen with Watson. But another player dealing with issues of her own is actually Brittany Griner, who, who pleaded guilty to drug charges in a Russian court yesterday. Griner was detained. Detained. Hold on a second. Uh, Griner was detained at an international airport on February 17th after Russian Federal Customs Service officers claimed to have found vape cartridges containing the marijuana hashish oil. Griner wrote a letter to President Joe Biden as an American officials try to bring her home. The Russian judicial system is unfair, and many believe Griner is being used as a pawn in part of a Russian prisoner exchange. How do you expect all of this to play out? Well, she she can do 10 years in prison. Yeah. She, can, she can end up doing 10 years in a Russian gulag for this. Yeah. And the most important word that you said there is claimed because we don't know, right? We don't know if she legitimately had this on her. We don't know if this was a plant because of who she is as a female personality, a female celebrity, female athlete. We don't know these things because of the diplomatic relations between Russia and the United States at the moment. This is a murky diplomatic situation. It's like the movie Red Corner with Richard Gere. I don't know if you've... Have you seen that one? Of course. Yeah, it's a classic. So he's a businessman in China. He finds... a there's a dead woman in his bed and he gets arrested and he ends up having to defend himself in a Chinese prison in a Chinese court. Same thing. Very similar in that, very similar in that regard. We don't know what the situation is, but now Brittany Griner is fighting for her life. She's fighting for her freedom. She's appealed to the federal government who just got around to reading the letter and they're now in the process of starting to act this is going to be a power play. That's what it is. It's going to be a diplomatic power play. Like, what? what's it going to take? What's it going to take for the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and the Russian minister, Sergei Lavrov, and their, their diplomats? What's it going to take to negotiate her freedom? Is it going to be a relaxing of sanctions? Is it going to be a, rela- um, a release of certain political prisoners? Is it going to be a forfeiture of assets? Is it going to be a release of funds that were frozen? Like That's what we're going to be looking at right now. Ultimately, she's going to get released. Brittany Griner will get released if the price is met. This is a ransom. It's a kidnap. It's a government-sanctioned kidnapping. Here's my thing. I mean, listen, you're always told that in a scrum, you never grab your own people. You grab the other the other side first. You know. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying she did it. I'm saying it's definitely possible that she had this on her. But unfortunately, I do think she's going to be there for at least another year. And like you said, could be as much as 10. Um, listen, I understand the need to play overseas to supplement income in the offseason, but you need to understand the risks you are taking. You need, to, you need to know where you are, and you need to follow other countries' laws and rules to, to the best of your ability. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not saying she's guilty. I'm not saying anything like that. But, you know, there are other places you could play basketball. Okay. Yeah, Russia plays well. So does China. But you know what? You could have played in Italy. 
You could have played in France. You could have went to other places in Germany. You know, you being who she is, and hopefully she wasn't really carrying this stuff and and just happened to get caught with it. But you know, we'll we'll definitely see how this plays out. But that's the problem. It's like it's not going to be fair. It's not. You know, she had to plead guilty in court. She has to beg for mercy. She has to write letters to the president. You know, what does this do for the future? What does this do to the next group of girls that want to go play there? Hopefully it deters them and lets them know, hey, listen, this is the wrong time to be playing anywhere else but America. <laughs> well, you need to be smarter about where you're, you know, you're aware of your surroundings, right? You're 100% right, right? In this political climate, you cannot afford to be in a country that is not an ally. Political because, climate, we're just coming out of COVID. Like, there's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of stuff going on, absolutely. But she also has the right to go to go around the world if it means it betters her, her financial situation to feed her family. Absolutely. absolutely. I understand that. So, like, I don't begrudge her, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, like... You know that it's tense between Russia and the United States. So, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, this it's a it's a bigger situation because of the the pay discrepancy in women's sports in America compared to the other countries in the world. Now, maybe this allows Americans to realize, hey, we need to start playing our payers, playing, paying our players better. Because our best player, one of our best players, is now in a friggin' Russian gulag because we don't pay him. Right? That's definitely something that needs to be, you know, thought about. But, I mean, it's, it's all this is, is. It's a negotiation tactic. And, you know, it's, it's sad that she is in this situation. And we hope that she's able to get out of the situation that the U.S. government and the Russian government come up, come to some sort of agreement that allows her to come home. But this, let this be a warning for future basketball players that want to go abroad. Figure out, figure out a different place, figure out a place that's not hostile to America at the moment. Just kind of be aware of your surroundings and, you know, you realize that because of who you are and your stature you're a target you're a target in some other in in some other parts of the world just know that and choose wisely and accordingly do you love brownies of course you love brownies but you know what's better than a brownie a delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave, from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. 
give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them DNZ sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. More or less? All right, boys and girls, here's how it goes. We have a statement, and it's either more or less likely that it will happen. More or less likely, number one, robo-umps will replace human umps within the next 10 years. God, I hope so. I mean, they should, right? I'd say more likely than this. Been saying it for two years now. There's nothing more frustrating than watching a baseball game on TV, seeing a pitch is clearly a strike, and then seeing the umpire call it as a ball. If we're willing to accept human error, then get rid of replay and get rid of arguing with the umpire. If you care about the sport and you and you and you want everything to be correct, then have a computer at least call the balls and the strikes. Well, it's already in AAA, right? It's expanded its experiment. Major League Baseball has expanded this experiment to AAA. So I'm going to say more likely, but it is going to be fought tooth and nail by the umpires union. Of course. As, as is their right, you know, because you are taking away their jobs. And you're, you're taking away one. You're just taking away balls and strikes. You can still call people out at first, second, and all the other stuff you want to call. But balls and strikes, you guys get it wrong. You guys get it wrong. If you're having a test, no ump scores higher than an 80. Doesn't. He doesn't score higher than 80. I don't care. I'd love to see the Quest Tech uh, uh, gradings because you, you're human. You're human. You're going to make mistakes. So, you know, the, let's get it right. I would I would love that. The one person, the two people, I should say, that are kind of shaking in their boots about this are C.P. Buckner. And who is And Angel Hernandez. Thank you very much. Those two umpires are routinely rated the worst and angel hernandez thinks the reason why he can he cannot ump a world series game is because he's being discriminated against by major league baseball no it's because you suck angel you suck as an ump but robo umps will replace human umps at least behind the plate it will be fought tooth and nail there'll be a level of negotiation and eventually eventually it will pass because the success is there. It's like the pitch clock, right? I was in Dunedin. The pitch clock was there. The pitch clock is coming, ladies and gentlemen, because it shaves a half hour off of every game. The pitch clock is coming. All of these changes are coming to Major League Baseball. Accept it now, so that way you don't have to worry about it later. But if it makes, if it, makes it better, then fine, because... It'll cut the arguments out. This and Pitchcom will probably be the two things that revolutionize baseball. Because you don't have to worry about flashing signs anymore. You don't have to worry about stealing signs, indicators, any of that. Get it, throw it. Get it, throw it. And who are you going to argue with? You're going to argue with Watson? Like, you're not going to argue with the with the home plate robo-lump. Exactly. Like, it's just that'll cut down on stuff too. More or less likely, number two. 
flag football will become an Olympic event this decade. You know, the NFL is pushing for this game to become an Olympic sport uh, by the 2028 Olympics. The first world games are being played in Birmingham, Alabama next week. Um, I, it's safe. It's inclusive. It can be played by people with multiple skill levels. I actually would like to see flag football played in the Olympics or on a professional level, but I don't think it's going to happen this decade. So I'm going to say less likely. I mean, I was surprised there was an international flag football. Like, there was an f- international flag football organization. Yeah, the, N- the yeah. NFL has a backing that they want. Yeah. To, they're trying to support this, but I, I was frankly surprised. Yeah. I, but um, it is safer. It, you don't have to worry too. You don't have to worry about the head injury, CTE, any of that. You, you know, you have to rerun the risk of non-contact football injuries, your ACLs, but even that. Even in pads, you're going to worry about that. I think it's less likely from the standpoint that it needs to be... It, it needs to be a little more established before we can really say that it is a definite. Now, is it going on that track? Absolutely. Would it be amazing to see? Absolutely. But I don't think it's there yet. But give it some time. Give it at least 10 years. And, you know, American football's not there, so I can see why flag football isn't there yet. Baseball isn't there yet. Like, there, it's The Summer Olympics are a very... It's a very strange thing because you're looking at swimming, track and field, and then everything else is just kind of meh. Is this going to bring people... Is this going to bring people to the stadium? Is this going to bring eyeballs to the TV? It might. It, it might very well, but I think the rest of the world needs to kind of get on an even footing or else it's going to be like basketball where it's for a while there, it was just America and then the world caught up and then it was kind of underwhelming. More or less number three. The New York Yankees will add Andrew Benintendi around the trade deadline. I mean, it makes sense, right? He's certainly a better outfielder than Aaron Hicks is. Um, and he's lefty. So, yeah, I'd say more likely. I think it'd be a smart move by the Yankees. I'm going to go more likely. The Yankees need to do something. They definitely need to do something. It makes sense from the standpoint of him being a lefty. He can play multiple outfield positions. And he's defensively, and you know, he's Italian, he's a Paisan, but um, <clears throat> he's played in the Bronx. I mean, come on, this is yeah. But if you're looking at it, like he's not the only candidate, right? Like if you are looking at a couple of different options, like Benintendi's a great option because you're looking at three nineteen, three homers, thirty three ribbies, two stolen bases. You're also looking at a guy like David Peralta of the Arizona Diamondbacks, right? You're looking at 249, which doesn't wow you, but 1136 in a steal. And David Peralta, primarily a left fielder, but he can play multiple outfield, outfield positions as well. The trick is getting an outfielder in while minimizing the role of Aaron Hicks and getting Joey Gallo out of dodge. Like, how do you rotate some of these guys out? Because you're not going to... The Kansas City Royals and the Arizona Diamondbacks don't want Joey Gallo. They're not going to take Joey Gallo. 
they're not going to take Aaron Hicks. So the Yankees need to find a way to sell. They're going to have to sell love on Joey Gallo because Joey Gallo, you're looking at just 165, 10 homers, 19 ribbies. That's God awful. <laughs> like I can't be any more blunt. That's just God awful. So you're going to get like maybe an A, you know, an A level prospect, an A ball prospect, some 17, 18 year old kid that may or may not blossom into something. Aaron Hicks, he's on a little bit of a tear. He's up to 234 right now. Whoa, Two, scorching hot. 230, <laughs> yep. 234, 5 and 25, you know? Like, good. He has a, he said he wanted a little bit of fuck you in him. Like, good for you, Aaron. But I don't know. You look at the Yankee round, you look at the Yankee prospects, and you can get away with trading from the back end of your top 10 or somewhere between 11 and 20 to bring in a Benintendi or bring in a Peralta. You don't, I'm not saying you have to go full on star hunting, right? You don't have to go, you don't have to go for the big name like they did with Joey Gallo. And it's not going to cost you as much. So Benintendi would be a good fit. More, it's more likely because they have to do something, but though either one of those two guys would be fine targets, Benintendi or Peralta. But the bottom line, Gallo's got to go, and Hicks needs to either become a bench player or he's got to go too. The Fade Store presents the alleged superstar of the week award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. We make a list. We give you the list on our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ. And once the poll goes up, you vote. And you vote and you vote and you vote. And the winner of this poll gets announced on this here show and wins the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the ass last week, Dave? I don't. Your boy, Freddie Freeman. My man. My man, pots and pans. But that was last week. Who is this week? Who are your nominees for this week's Alleged Superstar of the Week, Dave? All right. First up on my Alleged Superstar of the Week, I've got number seven, Kevin Durant, asking to be traded out of Brooklyn after Kyrie did not get his long-term deal. Then the two top places you want to go play are Phoenix and Miami. Why not just go back to Golden State? Kevin Durant, you are my Alleged Superstar of the Week. Number two, Rob Banford. <laughs> adding Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols to the All-Star Game roster. Hey, Rob, if the fans wanted to see them play, they would have voted them in the damn game. Don't you think they would rather have a few weeks off since they've been in the league for so long? Since they played in so many All-Star Games? This guy just can't get out of his own way. Rob Manfred, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and certainly least, the front office of the Carolina Panthers. In total, the Panthers have traded away a second, a third, two fourths, a fifth, and a sixth to be able to have a Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Corral in the quarterback room. Carolina Panthers front office, you are my alleged superstars of the week. What say you, Z? I forgot Matt Corral is there. So you had Matt the, Corral! The immortal Matt Corral. So you have Baker, Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Matt Corral. <laughs> I want P.J. Walker. I'm rooting for P.J. Walker. All of this to go 4-13. and 13. 
Jeez. That's fantastic. But I'm going to piggyback off you for one second because Rob Manfred, like, are Jeez. you kidding me with that? It's If you want to give them a ceremonial role, have them manage. It's yeah. not like the managers do anything in the all-star game. It's not like Tony Gwynn and Cal Ripken. They had good enough numbers to justify them being there. Albert Pujols is in 200. <laughs> Albert Pujols does not deserve to be there. I'm sorry. He's exhausted. You know? No, he's done. Albert Pujols is done. He's taking his victory lap. Let him go in dignity. But Major League Baseball, you're on here. You're on my list for a different reason. Not scheduling the Yankees on the 4th of July. That's not like, it's like having a barbecue and not getting burgers. Like, it's some things are synonymous with the 4th of July. Baseball is one of them, and the New York Yankees are synonymous with baseball. Major League Baseball, what are you thinking? You are my alleged superstar of the week. ESPN for bumping the hot dog eating contest on the 4th of July. You know, Americana. To ESPN Plus in favor of Wimbledon. So if you wanted to see Joey Chestnut eat 63 hot dogs and make himself sick and then choke the guy out, you had to actually go look for that. I was looking for it, and I'm not happy that I had to go look for that. ESPN, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Chris Bassett, New York Mets starting pitcher, for his comments that Major League Baseball should stop testing for COVID after his placement on the IL, despite being asymptomatic. Dude, just shut up. (laughs) Shut up. This is for your safety and the safety of your teammates. Shut up. Chris Bassett, you are my alleged superstar of the week. We have said our piece, ladies and gentlemen. The poll goes up after the show. Fade Route DNZ on Twitter. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And for our nominees... Just do better, boys. Just do better. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Order up! All right, boys and girls, it's time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the top five landing spots for one Mr. Kevin Durant. And here we go from five to one. Who you got, D? All right, I'm going to throw one out there. You know what? Portland Trail Blazers. Mm. Got Dame Lillard out there. Could be fun. You could contend, make a little noise in the West. Number four. How about the San Antonio Spurs? 
Pop is a great coach. Never had a player of Katie's caliber. Who knows? He could have wound up liking it. Number three, Toronto. Kawhi did it. So can you, Kevin. Go to Toronto and be the baddest man in in the North in North America. <laughs> uh, number two, man, just like I said earlier in the show, go back to Golden State. Go where you were. We all we all know it works there. Golden State throws your Wiggins, Wiseman, and Poole to the Nets, along with a draft pick or two. Make it a done deal. And number one might surprise you, Z. I'm saying just stay in Brooklyn. Just stay there. Tie your laces. Ball out with Kyrie for one year. Win the title. Shut everybody up. And then go wherever you want. What do you think, Z? Interesting. It's a very, very interesting proposition. I have a few that mostly in the Eastern Conference. Now, this might be a little, you know, a little bit of pipe dream because I doubt that the Nets are going to want to. Don't give me no Nick bullshit. No, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. I don't. They they should not touch him. Number five, and these these may may surprise you because you have some teams that are on the come and some teams that. You know, you would never in a million years think. But for me, number five, I'm going Chicago Bulls. They're not that far off. You have the salary that you can offset the KD contract if you move a guy like DeMar DeRozan, for example, as part of the trade. You can definitely make this work. Like Vucevic. Vucevic makes $24 million. You're telling me you couldn't kind of move that back that way? The tricky part is going to be the $42 million that Kevin Durant is out. So that's the tricky part. But they have cap room. They have a good young core of players. And you can move some of these guys. So Chicago is definitely on that list. Number four, the Denver Nuggets. Like, I could definitely see them saying, okay, we have Aaron Gordon. We have Jamal Murray. We have Jokic. Like, this core is not working, right? Let's start moving some of these pieces around. I'm going to keep the two-time back-to-back MVP. Is Aaron Gordon, is he expendable? Possibly. Is Jamal Murray expendable? Would Would the Nets be willing to take Jamal Murray even though he's a point guard and he's his injury history. I don't know that, but it's definitely intriguing based on where they are. And you can even flip Contavious Caldwell Pope in as part of the deal. Like he's your little sweetener. You can definitely kind of make that happen. Number three, the Washington Wizards, right? Bradley Beal just opted in. You still have guys that you can move. Kuzma makes 13, right? You have Will Barton makes 15-6. Okay, that's great. Porzingis <laughs> makes 32. Okay, uh, I'll take Kevin Durant off your hands. You're taking Christoph Porzingis off my hand. Like, you can make this work. Number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Lots of great young talent. And to offset the salary, one Mr. Kevin Love. You can move Kevin Love in this trade. He's making 31 mil. So that's definitely, that's something that I would consider. And if that means I can keep, or you can also move Lori Markinen 
and some other pieces. But if I can keep this young core of Allen and Lavert, who happen to play for whom? Oh, that's right, the Brooklyn Nets. Whoops. That's my number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And number one, I like the Charlotte Hornets. I think they're doing it. I think they're doing good work down there. But you have some pieces that you can move, right? You have, if you move Hayward and Harrell alone, that's thirty-eight million dollars. Like I will, you take those take those salary albatrosses off my hands. I will extricate you of this nightmare. I will rid you of this headache, and I'll just go pair KD with Lamelo Ball, or like fine, you don't want to take Harold and Hayward if that feels like too much garbage for you. Take Kelly Uber Jr. Uber is a solid player, 26 years old, entering the prime of his career. You definitely can work with that. Terry Rozier, you can work with that. He's only 28. You have some you have some pieces on the Charlotte Hornets that you can move and you can instantly turn this team from last team out into at least top five. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Monday night, Wednesday nights on Anchor, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.